0: Welcome back to the Natch 20 Review. I'm the executive producer here at Final Show Films, John, also known as Sensaku, and I'm here with Austin, also known as Pook, also known as Units.
1: (laughs) My wife would be Pookie.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Austin, also known as Units. We swap personalities. Uh, And Holly, also known as Pookie.
2: Hi.
0: (laughs) And Katie, also (laughs) the daughter. Hello. (sighs) Ah. Words. Um, Way to talk, John. Yeah, Way I know. To- I'm, I am the, I am. the master at talking. Um, well, anyway. you do so much of it. I know. Get a lot of practice. Uh, so, uh, so we are the National Review, as I said previously. <laughs> and this week we are starting uh, a month of our uh, classic – baseline board games. What that means is for the next several weeks we're going to be reviewing old games that we refer to a lot when we're referring to when we're reviewing newer games. Uh, things like you'll often hear us whenever we're talking about card games you'll hear us talking about Magic the Gathering. Whenever we're talking about board games you'll hear us talk about Monopoly or Risk uh, or on occasion Chess or Checkers. Uh, so basically for the next few weeks we're going to be going back into tabletop board gaming's history and reviewing sort of uh, with with a mind of mind for the future, these older uh, classic games and seeing how they stand up to a current review sensibilities and also sort of getting a baseline of quality for what we consider these older games to be. Um, now, these are going to be games that some of us have played a lot of, some of us have played not a lot of, uh, and just as, it is, just as it is normally when we go through these with a, with a panel of four.
3: And also... So- and also playing by actual rules instead of, you know, family rules or, yeah. you know, party, yeah,
0: playing party by, rules. Playing by the rules as writ as opposed to the house rules that everybody plays Monopoly with. Um,
1: the oh, house yeah. rules that make you less likely
0: to like each other. Yeah, the house rules that make the game take longer and make
3: Or you more likely, longer. you know, depending uh, on your family.
0: Did you for instance, did you know that in Monopoly, one of the house one of the regular actual rules is that if you don't buy a property, the it property goes, goes auction. to auction. Yeah, that's a rule no one ever plays with.
1: I play <laughs> with that rule. What you talking about? You're the only one. People also want a knife me when I play Monopoly for some reason. I know, right?
0: Anyways. So
1: yeah. Uh, no,
0: what we're talking about the first week of this uh, of this retro review series is gonna be Magic the Gathering.
1: Because uh, we reference it every other review
0: yep now match the gathering was first published in 1993 by wizard of the coast it was the first trading card game produced uh so sort of trading card collectible playing game that was produced before that you would still collect you know baseball cards and, and sports cards but this one was primarily a collector's game with a game attached to it um It continues to thrive today uh, with approximately 20 million players as of 2015, so only a couple years ago. Magic can be played with two or more players in various formats, the most common of which is Standard, which uses a deck of 60 cards, containing no more than four of a single card, with a few exceptions. Magic is played in person with printed cards or using a deck of virtual cards on the internet-based MitGo, which uh, units plays every Monday if you're ever interested in that.
1: Um, I stream it every Monday. I play it a lot more than that.
0: uh, Yeah, play for your consumption every Monday. Uh, Each game represents a battle between wizards known as Planeswalkers. Basically, the players are the Planeswalkers, who employ spells, artifacts, and creatures depicted on individual magic cards to defeat their opponents. The original concept of the game drew heavily from the motives of traditional fantasy role-playing games as D&D, but at this point in its history, it it is sort of steered away from that and has gone towards their own interpretations of mythological events or mythological stories and settings and situations. Rather than ripping straight from D&D, they now they they, they take myth and change it around and uh, present it as its own self-contained world.
1: Though they've, uh, been, they've been doing a good job of doing a lot less uh, appropriation and yes. more respectful representation of cultural Myth. yes they have done they have come a long way since Kamigawa. um no, I'm not thinking kamigawa I'm thinking um Mirage. well yeah yeah where they had a card called jihad
0: yeah oh my gosh yeah the 90s were weird
3: <laughs> um I, mean, I love the 90s okay so mean, it doesn't,
1: mean they <laughs> <weird>. <laughs>
0: doesn't mean they weren't weird never said they weren't <laughs> Uh, New cards are released regularly uh, through expansion packs, and there's an organized tournament system worldwide for international level of competitive play. So Magic is played uh, from very, very high level competitive people make money playing this game professionally levels to the lowest low casual no rules enforcement tabletop Magic, and everything in between with lots of variations. It's a very popular game, has been for the past 20 plus years now. It's 20. Four, it's 24 years old this yeah. year actually it's a long it's been it's been around for longer than some people i know personally have been alive so um <laughs>
1: it's been around longer than people you're related to yes
0: have been alive. Yeah. that's very true uh, it was originally uh, created by uh, the original uh, creator was Richard Garfield, who we've referenced a lot, and this is part of the reason why we wanted to do this because, as you know, as recently as the most recent game, Fairy Tale that we reviewed, uh, we mentioned that people like to throw Richard Garfield's name around. Well, this is a little bit uh, this this episode is going to be a little bit of a history lesson as well as a review, uh, telling you about why that came to pass. Uh, he actually he created this while he was a doctoral candidate at the University of Pennsylvania
1: in 1991. So yeah,
3: in his spare time, yeah,
0: effectively,
1: and um, he created entire sets by himself, yep. and then commissioned artists.
0: And he and he worked with uh, volunteer playtesters to help refine the game, but overall, he designed most things. And balance um, was
1: not a top priority when he was making it. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Because his opinion was, this card's unbalanced, but it's really rare, so it's more awesome when you get it, and you're only going to have one, so it's not a big deal.
0: Yep, yep. Which Uh,
1: is not how it is now.
0: So yeah, it it went through several years of iteration from 1991 when he first concepted it, uh, to 1993 when they first released it. August 5th is the birthday of Magic the Gathering, actually. Um so yeah, it's been around for a long time, it's had a lot of variations of it, and it's been pretty well received. In 2004, USA Today suggested that playing Magic helps can help improve social and mental skills of some players based on just their interaction, both their interaction with other players and the strategic and mathematical knowledge required to play the game. Uh, there are. There's also uh, several psychologists use magic as a way to connect with younger kids who are more familiar with that, and as a way to open up a dialogue between them and others. As a matter of fact, the charity organization Take This was founded by one such psychiatrist who used Magic the Gathering as a way to open up, as a way to get his uh, his teenager and younger uh, patients to open up to him and to communicate with him on a on a more human level. Uh, over the course of its years, it has received uh, several awards, including the Mensa Select Award, uh, the Origins Award uh, for Best Fantasy or Science Fiction Board Game of 1993, uh, and many, many, many more. Um, yeah, it's it's one collectible card game expansion of the year several times in a row. Uh, it's it's a well beloved game and it's been around for a while, and there's a reason for that. And so now we're going to get a little bit into the more gameplay aspects of this. A game of Magic involves two or more players who are engaged in battle, acting as planeswalkers, as we said earlier. Each player has their own deck, referred to as a library, of uh, either one previously constructed or made from a limited pool of cards, depending on the event that they're playing. A player starts with the game with 20 life points and loses the game when their life total is reduced to zero. A player can, lose if they, a player can also lose if they have to draw a card from an empty deck. In addition, some cards specify other ways to win or lose the game. There are many. There are there are many sort of alternate win conditions. Uh, some cards that say you win if you play this card twice in a row, if you play this card more than once. Other cards say you win if you have this and a selection of other cards. Um, these come up. These these kinds of, sort of alternate win conditions tend to come up about once every other set,
1: once a year be. typically, um, which is they, once every four main sets.
0: Yeah. Or well, now. Previously, too, but yeah. um,
1: Well, they're they they come up fairly regularly. Comprised of two, yeah, parts. So we'll
0: get to that later. But they come up fairly regularly as alternative ways to win the game for people
1: like me who like to make weird, interesting, janky decks. And and they rarely affect high competitive play. Rarely,
0: rarely, if ever.
1: I think approach of the second sun is the first one to do so since like a while.
0: Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, richard garfield originally stated that uh, two of his major influences in creating magic gathering were the game's cosmic encounter which first used the concept of normal rules that could sometimes be overridden and dungeons and dragons uh, the golden rule of magic states that whenever a card's tech directly contradicts the rules the card takes precedence which sort of is a way to help keep players from getting too bogged down in rules discussion because if the card says it does the thing it does the thing regardless of what the rules may have previously indicated uh, players begin the game by shuffling their decks and drawing seven cards. Uh, they then can choose to mulligan those cards, which is actually the term mulligan comes from golf. But basically, means you get to you can shuffle that that hand back into the deck and redraw uh, another card, a number of cards, one less than your previous hand, with a few exceptions. Uh, there are alternate mulligan rules, but that's the standard one. Um, they draw one card at the beginning of each turn, except for the first play, Except for the very first player, if they're playing one v one, and then they alternate turns, going back and forth, uh, playing lands that provide mana or magical energy, and using that to fuel spells, which can be anything from uh, instantaneous effects to lasting enchantments to one-time sorceries to creatures and artifacts and uh, a, ver- a wide variety of other height are card types but in general the three basic card types are uh, instants and sorceries lands and creatures
1: um, well permanents because artifacts and enchantments are yeah. also yeah things but, uh, that stay on the board things that produce mana and things that do something once and go away
0: there you go um Yeah, and you go back and forth until one of you has won the game through one of a variety of things. Typically reducing life total to zero, occasionally reducing your deck, your library to zero, and then even more occasionally alternate win conditions based on cards. I mentioned earlier uh, that sometimes you'll start with pre-constructed decks and sometimes you'll start with decks that you've created from a limited environment. Uh, So there are a variety of ways to play Magic, and these are divvied up into constructed play. And limited play. Constructed play is any sort of format in which you come to the game with a deck that you tooled around with and created before you ever arrived at the location. Um, These are standard, modern, uh, vintage. Basically, you have a wide variety of cards to pick from, from whatever is legal in that format. You take the time to gather the cards you need, the cards you want, the cards you really like, put them into a deck. Uh, between 40 and 60 cards, and sometimes 100 cards, depending on if you're playing Highlander or Commander. Um, bring it around and play from that with all that information No, The other type is limited. This is going to be draft, uh, which can be the kind of draft that we've talked about previously, where uh, you have a selection of cards, you pick one, pass it around, and continue to pick one card as you pass until everybody's done that. Uh, sealed uh, games, which... So Magic Cards kind of booster packs. Uh, a sealed event is one where you have four or five or six booster packs. Open them all up and see what you can make from that. And, and
1: the, the derivations just, on that. And the derivations on those two, of those too,
0: but those are pretty much the only two limited versions you can have. Um, and typically you construct uh, in Constructed, typical deck size is 60 cards. In Limited, typical deck size is 40 cards combination of lands and spells within the game of magic itself uh this is a little bit slightly mechanical more flavor uh you play with magic with with a combination of five colors white blue black red and green these uh these five colors indicate uh not only what kind of effects you're going to receive but also a little bit of the flavor and of the world that's being created. White is the color of order, equality, righteousness, healing, law, community, peace, and light. Uh, they, not it also, good. Not good. Equality, righteousness, healing, law, community, peace, and light. There is a specific and that, that is that is specifically called out. Um, white strength typically typically white cards revolve around smaller creature. With you know you create uh, creature tokens, which are not card cre- not cards but creatures. Little complex there, um, and they tend to result revolve around removing removing uh, obstacles peaceably, kind of air quotes, uh, not necessarily destroying them, just making sure they get out of the way uh, and defense oriented strategies. Blue is the color of intellect, reason, illusion, logic, knowledge, manipulation, and trickery, as well as the classical elements of air and water. Uh, it blue is my favorite color in that it it emphasizes modifying the way the game plays. Uh, it lets you draw more cards, lets you remove cards from your opponent's deck and or hand, lets you remove cards from the battlefield, or at, or sneak cards onto the battlefield. Um, blue, sort of, when you play with the blue color, you tend to come in a game of magic sideways.
1: They, they uh, tend to have the fewest creatures, which are how you deplete life total, and the most... Other Instant things. effects that do weird things. Yep.
0: Black is the color of power, ambition, death, illness, corruption, selfishness, immorality, and sacrifice. Not evil, just as white is not good. Um, black tends to be more aggressive. It tends to want to attack and destroy creatures and your hand. Uh, it also likes. To, it also cares about the graveyard. Whenever a creature is destroyed or a spell is cast and uh, and resolves itself, and it's an instant or a sorcery, um, or an enchantment is broken or an artifact is broken, they go to the graveyard. And black likes it when things are in the graveyard because it can manipulate them, it can bring them back, uh, do other things with cards that are in the graveyard. Uh, similar to blue, when you play black, you come at the game sideways, but from a different angle. Um, Red is the color of freedom, chaos, passion, creativity, impulse, fury, warfare, lightning, and the classical element of fire, uh, as well as some of the classical elements of earth. Uh, red typically favors aggressive, uh, aggressive action. Unlike black, they are very straightforward. Red wants to hit you in the face as hard as they can, as often as they can, with as many creatures as they can, and with occasional spells that also hit you directly in the face. Um, red, red is the most straightforward of colors, I feel.:
3: That sounds like fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, green, the final color, is the color of life, nature, evolution, adapt- adaptability, ecology, interdependence, instinct and indulgence. Also some classical elements of the Earth, or nature. Uh, green likes to make big things. Uh, green likes to met where 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 white has a lot of creatures. Blue come blue and black come at you sideways. Red comes at you straight on. Green manipulates the creatures on the field. It likes to uh, it likes to change the way you interact with the creatures you have cast using various spells and abilities. Um, this is often achieved by making smaller creatures larger, making larger creatures even larger, or occasionally when interacting with blue. Making creatures smaller. Um, They like to play with the rules of destruction and death and keeping creatures around for longer than they should be and making it harder to remove them. And then within those five, there are multicolor cards and colorless cards, each of which have their own variety and flavor. Typically, colorless cards are artifacts, um, although there are things like the Eldrazi and certain lands that are also considered colorless. Um, that's pretty much the full extent of establishing the game.
1: <laughs> There's also a lot of rules, but we could be here for days.
3: Yeah, I Try could.
1: Explain all there of those. could be a
3: whole series of. That's sort of the. There
1: are series of podcasts. I know there are. are.
3: <laughs> I, I understand. That's why I said it.
0: That's sort of just the top down view of the game as 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 limited as we could make it. A top down view of the game. If you want to know more in depth details about rules, interactions, or suggested methods of play, there are dozens of podcasts you can listen to that will be very good resources for that. Limited resources being one of them, the Judge Cast, which is a podcast where uh, uh, Magic the Gathering judges, people who go to events and, and, and actually regulate these tournaments, uh, sit down and talk about rules, interactions, and interesting things that are happening on the mechanical level of this game. And then there there are even podcasts that talk about flavor of the of the sets, talking about you know the stories that are being told with these cards and with the narrative novels that happen around the set. Um, and there are also advice podcasts you can go listen to, and of course streamers who will give you more tactical, strategic level uh, discussions about it, depending uh, with 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 an eye towards whatever your skills that may be. Um, as for us. Now that we've talked about the sort of rules and setup of the game, we're going to talk about our own experiences with it, uh, starting with Austin with our with Austin, what was your first experience, your first impression of Magic the Gathering, if you could remember that far back?:
1: It was a while ago um, I first started playing with actually um, I had a friend who was really into magic and he thought I would like it because um, I'm a very competitive person, and I like the sort of high strategy games and he bought me one of the dual decks, uh, the Knights versus Dragons specifically, uh, that came out back in... It was the set before Mirrodin Besieged. It came out between Mirrodin Besieged and the set before that. And it... It's a game that just because you know the rules doesn't mean you have any idea how to play. There are so many layers of complexity. There's so many layers of the rules and rules interaction and understanding how, you know, what's a state-based effect, what's a replacement effect, what's a trigger? So, um, tr- do things trigger.
0: Just worth worth noting that would be scars of Mirrodin block. Yes. Uh, the the first uh, scars of Mir- specifically scars of Mirrodin was before Mirrodin besieged, So.
1: Yes. That yeah, it came lucky. out between those two.
0: 2010. So seven years ago.
1: Yes. Um. And I, I mean, I've read through a lot of the judge rules, and I've considered taking a judge test. Um, haven't gotten around to it because busy. But um, there's so many little layers of rules, and so many things that it can work. And that's—it's not a good or a bad thing. It's just the way it is. And to me, the game lends itself towards my competitive nature and my sort of high intellectual. Well, how can I make this rule work really weirdly? So, yeah, first impression is that there's so much more to this game than just the rules and just the basics. There's no end to how deep you can go.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Holly? So, I first heard about this game through Austin when he got really hooked on it. And I I love the fact that he never... He never forced me to learn it. He understood that at first I didn't think it was my thing. So it took me a while to really get into it. I'd watch him play and one day I just I wanted to learn and I remember he got really excited and um, it was actually a combination of Austin and William teaching me how to play magic and it I thought it was going to take longer. Um, I was kind of scared of the game at first because I thought it was going to be a lot more complicated than it actually was. And it is complicated, but I feel like once you, once you get a good grasp on it, you're able to pick up on things easier. And for playing for the first time, it was a lot easier than I thought. Um, I... I really enjoyed it, and um, I think that's basically my overall experience with it. Okay, Katie.
3: <laughs> Sorry, I've been trying not to laugh out loud, um, not in amusement, but in agreement with with uh, what Holly was saying. Um, I played magic for the first time today. Uh, for this for this for this review, I have known about it for far longer. I had friends that played in high school, and um, of course, once John and I uh started dating, i knew I knew about it as well and it 's one of those things um, that John. <laughs> has tried for ages. Not he never for never forced me, but he's just like I would really like to teach you this game. Just want to let you know, just putting it out there. You know, and then he'd leave it alone when I said, you know, I've got too much on my plate. I'm really not interested. Just leave me alone and he, you know, sort of kind of do that. Um but um my fr- cuz I really with I know enough about like, like holly was saying like the world is so seems so deep it just feels like you know sitting on the edge of the grand canyon you know because like there are people who are so mm-hmm. into this and there are people who like you know like john was saying you know this is their you know this is their thing this is their you know you know you know this is their hobby this is their go-to which is fantastic but you know when you're somebody that's on the outside that wants to get in you feel like you know like you know jumping into the deep end of the i'm mixing up metaphors all over the place you know jumping into the deep end of the pool for the first time you know when where all the big kids are you know and it's just it's a little bit what i'm saying is it's a little bit daunting and you know i'm lucky that i have a group of people to play with Oh, child is fussing. Um, I'm lucky to have a group of people to play with uh, that are very, you know, kind and understanding of that. But I don't think the the reason I didn't get into it before was because you know I'm just you know trolls and Mm -hmm. and and people who you know would be frustrated with a with you know a new beginner. Um, My impression, I still think it's complicated. Um. But I am willing to try. I'm not saying it's going to become my favorite game ever, but I am willing. I am willing to try.
0: Okay. If you need to go grab Gabriel, you can. Yeah, I need to do that real quick. Yeah. Okay. Um. So for me, I am definitely the person who's been playing this game the longest, and I distinctly remember the first time I got a a couple of packs of Magic cards. Uh, it was in 1995. And uh, the reason that I got them was because my mother was pregnant with my younger brother, and I was in the middle, being the middle child. I was apparently very upset because my older brother already got a lot of attention, and now I had a younger brother that was going to get even more attention. Um, and uh, it was in June of '95 when Ice Age uh, came out, the sixth. Oh, magic Ice expansion. Age um and i was always a snow child that liked you know cold weather and water and snow so oh look here's this card game that's apparently about snow and winter um and here this will this will he'll he'll like this and it'll keep him from getting too upset that there's going to be another child around um and so uh, that was the first the first set that i ever played um and I, and I didn't stick with it for very long but uh that was like, that was just the first set that i ever encountered was uh, ice age back in 95 were um, you like 6 at that point yes i was 6 mm-hmm. um and uh it was fun i think i probably most definitely didn't play it correctly uh and okay. uh, and i i played for a bit Um, after William was born and then I just sort of dropped it for a long time and I think William was six the next time we picked it back up uh, which would have been
1: six years later so 2001 seventh
0: seventh edition I think was 2001 Um, I know it was it was like the last of the old card style, uh, old border style card
1: sets. 8th edition was the, when they brought in the new yeah. stuff. So
0: Yeah, so it would have been 7th edition then. Um, but yeah, so yeah. that the, to, to, to explain what I'm referencing here, uh, Magic cards have had a different border change. They, they, they sort of changed right. the look of the cards in general in about 2001 um they went from having they used to be uh slightly larger cards with white borders to being slightly slimmer cards with black borders um and uh sort of just in general make, giving themselves a more cohesive art style it was roughly around the time that they decided that they wanted to go into more um independent uh like our universe mythos and such rather than stealing from other people and appropriating from other people um and uh so yeah, I've been. So 2001 was when I started playing Magic again pretty regularly, um, and yeah, it. I've been. I'm not. I don't play as often as Austin does, but I. I, I try to play as often as I can, because um, I really enjoy it. I'm not. I'm not good at the deck building part of Magic, but I'm very good at piloting decks. So, uh, I like it. I whenever we get like dual decks and things. I really enjoy playing with those. Things have been pre-constructed by other people that I tend to have an easier time with. Um, Yeah, so I have... uh, It's always been fun. It has definitely changed over the years. (laughs) And I wish I knew what I... I wish I knew when I first started playing... Well, I wish I knew now what I... Back, I wish I knew back when I first started playing what I knew now. So I would have held held on to some of those Ice Age cards.
1: be <laughs> <laughs> fair, Ice Age was not a treasure trove of valuable cards.
0: No, but Snowlands are still worth money.
1: <laughs> like fifty cents. Yeah. I have a deck with Snowlands in it.
0: Yeah. But yeah, um, it's it, been a it, it's been a long and bumpy road,
1: but it's been fun.
0: Uh, so yeah, uh, what do we what do we like about Magic the Gathering, Austin? What do you like about Magic the Gathering?
1: Oh, I love lots of things. I love complex interactions. I'm a sucker for weird ways to play the rules and do strange things, um, and gaining value in ways you don't expect. Um, I one of my favorite things is you can play the game in so many different ways. Um, In particular, uh, I love Popper. Popper is my favorite format. Popper is a format where you're only allowed to play with the cards that are printed at common. But you can play from any any common ever printed. To
0: to be clear there, uh, uh, cards are printed at rarity levels, uh, which assigns a little bit of more value to it as part of the collector aspect of the game. Um, And the, the four rarities are common, uncommon, rare, and mythic rare. And then on top of that, there are foil cards, which are even more rare versions of each. Yeah. There's and there there are a few there are a few formats that utilize that, like pauper only commons. Um, I'm trying to think of what the one for commons and uncommons is. Peasant. Peasant is uncommon. Uncommon. Uh, prince is all rares or mostly rares.
1: No, there's.
0: i there's I know there's a prince format. I don't know what it is specifically.
1: Prince format uses you can have a certain number of X rarity cards. It depends on your organization. Some are like you can have some have point systems. Some have you can have a certain number of. But yeah, and then there's there's there are all foil variants
0: of all of those as well. <laughs> to give yeah. you an idea of how in depth people get into
1: this. But pop, Popper is the most common rarity based format. Um, but there's also Commander for people that like to dirtle. There's uh, standard. Is I, I enjoy making standard decks because they're a bit cheaper. Modern and vintage for people are, like playing really powerful cards. And then there's just good old ki- uh, kitchen table magic. Um, like Holly's deck is just I want to have a whole bunch of dragons in a deck. I don't doesn't need to be super competitive. It doesn't need to be super complicated. It's just high dragons.
0: Mm-hmm. I like dragons. Nice. Yep. Um, are or, so like my, the, or, like, or like my aggro demir mill deck.
1: <laughs> yeah, which. Anyway, um, so I love that you can, you can play it to any level. You can play to any price range. You can't, you know, bring a twenty dollar deck to a high level tournament. But I've brought a twenty dollar deck to to because I'm I'm a pretty good deck brewer with cheap cards. I have brought twenty dollar decks to F and M's and one more games that I've lost.
0: And F and M is Friday regular. Night Magic. F and M is Friday Night Magic, which is a typical event that most game store stores
1: that sell magic yep. uh, do. It is moderately competitive. But not so competitive that you can't bring a $20 deck and expect to win enough. So, And then there's the entirety of limited, if you don't like to deal with that at all, and then it's just everyone's on the same footing. So I love that you can play to any level, you can play to any competitiveness. There, There's something in magic for every level of play.
0: Yep. Uh Holly? What about you?
2: Uh, I am an options person. I like to have options. I love that you... um, I love that you can customize a deck, like how I have my dragon deck.
0: And... And What? For for listeners at home, uh, if you have a deck that's comprised entirely of one creature type, it's typically called Tribal. See, I didn't even know that. Yep. Dragon tribal.
2: Tribal. Um, but I I love it because that's what really pulled me in, was, you know, the, the game's okay, but you can kind of mold the decks to what you want them to be. And I love that. I love going to stores and hunting down different dragon cards, looking them up online. I know Austin uh, loves foxes, and he has a fox deck, or he's working on one.
0: You don't say...
1: There's not yeah. a lot of Fox tribal support, unfortunately.
0: I have a, I have a Vampire Commander deck, and it is insane.
1: <laughs> All Commander decks are insane, to clarify. It's true. It's true. Uh,
2: I think that's, that's the big thing that I really enjoy about the game. And I also enjoy just and how many people are into it, and how many different types... Of i I don't know what these are called, like the different sets that come out expansions thank you. Yep. I love all the expansions because there are a bunch <laughs> so if you don't like one, you can just play the one that you like so i I like that. I like the many options, how customizable it is, and I think those are my major things.
0: All right, uh Katie.
2: Oh, uh, well,
3: <laughs> I played with a deck that was pre-made by John. I know it was a black and white deck. Yep. Um, uh, I like what I like. Um, I like that there are various ways to play. Like, since this was my first time, because... I'm not going to go into detail, but this afternoon when John's like, oh, yeah, we're totally going to play Magic. I'm like, oh, great, something I'm going to totally fail at because that's, you know, something else that I need. Um, But it turns out we could play 2v1 where John is like, okay, you you know, John and Austin were gracious enough to, like, take it at a remediated pace and, you know, be able to teach me Oh, give me a like a Spark Notes version of of playing uh playing a game. So the fact that I wasn't all by myself against three other people, because I was picturing like me against you know three you know experienced players, I'm just like I'm toast. It's just it's it yeah, this is going to be a great confidence builder. Um, I would like to be able, and my husband does not need to go crazy with this, um, because he will. Uh, I would like to be able to customize my own because I like the idea of customization and i I can hear from you know John and Austin talking to you that they like you know the detail stuff I kind of like i i see this as my approach the same approach i 'm taking to um, crap fantasy age uh d and d um where I want to you know very dir- I I want you know I don't I don't need lots of like complicate I don't complications i um, not uh complicated equations and things like that you know I don't need to stack you know anything I just want to build something that I like and I was like okay I'm going to set you on fire boom I set you on fire you know that's why I said you know the red sounds interesting cuz like you know I want to punch somebody in the face okay I'm going to punch somebody in the face
2: Red is awesome
3: you know, that's you know, I'm a very direct person. Like, you know, I'm watching John and Austin and they're like, you know, you know, three, two, three, one, four, you know, you know, tap, tap, concede, da da, da, da. I'm like, just show show me which card, you know, is going to like just attack this person. No you know, problem. that's that's what I want. Uh so I like that there's variety. I like that um there are be you know that there are ways to play and enjoy it um, without having to be terribly good at it, um, and I like that you can kind of choose your level of, um, uh, like, with anything else. Kind of fandom is the wrong word, but like, choose how much level of investment? Investment. Thank you, because um, I'm like that's that's a noun and that's the wrong word. Um, you can choose your level of investment, like you know, like you were saying, you know, you can choose to invest a lot of time and money into it, or you don't have to. You can play with your friends. Like I'm really interested in playing Holly now because uh, partially 'cause I want to see her dragon deck, because that sounds awesome. And, like she and I are she she and I like just seem to have a very similar, you know, gameplay but I haven't had a chance to play with her, so that I would be interested in doing that. So um I like I like it, but I'm not going to go all whole hog into it, John. So, just letting the public know, like if he's trying to,
2: (laughs) (laughs) if he's kidnapped you and locked you in your room with a stack of magic cards. (laughs) So
0: when I start getting phone calls from people,
3: no, no,
0: on a watch list now.
3: John is very kind. He is just very passionate about things he enjoys and he wants me to enjoy them as well and you know we have different levels of investment in different in different uh um areas of life. So don't put him on a watch list. Uh, I'm okay. I can take care of myself. He's not a threat. Um I don't even know where this is going.
1: I don't know either. You just started <laughs> I, I think we're going to job. What do you like? <laughs> so Thank you, Austin.
0: Um as a, as a, as a, as another bit of information, by the way, with the next with the next uh expansion uh of Magic Hour Devastation will be the seventy-fifth expansion. Uh talking about number of expansion that that Holly said she likes. Um I, I like doing weird things.
1: Yes, yes, he there, does. I, uh,
0: so uh, whenever there's a card that is released that says, if you do this, you can win the game, I instantly try to figure out how to make a viable deck that will win the game using that card. I spent more time than I probably should have trying to figure out how to get Battle of Wits to work. Uh, Battle of Wits being a blue card that says if you play this card and have over 200 cards left in your library, you win the game.
1: I'd like to refer to the fact that the standard constructed size is 60 cards, but there's technically no limit to the number you can have.
0: Yeah, there's no no upper limit. There's only a bottom limit. Uh, You have to have at minimum 60 cards in a standard deck. You can have however many you want above that. Uh, so so yeah, that means you have to have at least probably probably a 260 card deck just to just to give yourself leeway, um, and it's got to be filled with a lot of islands. So it, I, I I like to do weird and strange things. I play primarily I'm a blue black player, uh, and and I the thing that makes me happiest when I'm playing Magic is when I spend 15 minutes going through my turn. <laughs> because I'm doing so many things, um, and, and, and it, 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 it's a game that encourages that on on some level, on a certain level, uh, it encourages you to find these weird and strange ways of playing the game. Because if you do, and if you find one that works, and you can make it work over and over again, you can win a game on turn one uh, with a combo deck. Um, with the right combo deck, you can win a game on turn one. And I like that. It's a puzzle as much as a, as much as a game, and I like solving that puzzle. Um, it doesn't always work. That's why I don't play competitively. But I, I like that it exists. And I really appreciate the fact that that exists alongside decks that Austin likes. And <laughs> alongside... Aggro, more aggro, straight to the point decks, and alongside everything in between, there is a play style for everyone, uh, and everyone can find what makes them happy while playing this game. If it is just making a dragon themed tribal deck, or if it is making a gross mono black ruin your everything deck,
1: um, I'm sorry, it's you how can... you play competitive popper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can you can you can play in so many ways. Um, And then on top of that, the fact that every card tells a story. Um, So in in addition to its mechanical information, uh, cards have names and art and occasionally flavor text. And within them, you sort of – even on the cards that don't have flavor text that are just a piece of art, you see a story. Um, And – the story that they tell are often amusing or interesting, and the art is almost always gorgeous, at least currently. Um, it's just, uh, just as an example, pulling from random, I've got a card here called Bread for the Hunt, which has artwork depicting some sort of turtle-like monstrosity breaking out of a science lab um, and towering over this human uh, that seems to have been pretty heavily injured or at least partially injured and the flavor text just says some see the world as a place of infinite wonder and knowledge some see it as an infinite dinner plate and by itself that card tells an interesting story um and put together in a set they tell fascinating stories and wonderful worlds that that i enjoy uh experiencing that i appreciate so Going from that, let's talk about some things that we don't like about the game. Austin. Awesome.
1: So you remember that uh, mono-black destroy-your-hand thing that John was talking about? Yep. Mm-hmm. So people don't like it when I play that deck against them in a non-competitive format, turns out? Nope. Because the whole deck's goal is to not let you do anything. And when one person's playing a game and the other person doesn't get to do anything, that person's not having as much fun.
2: Makes me want to hit you.
1: Me too. Um, But at the same time, if I go to a competitive popper tournament, I have to have a deck on that level because that's how you play competitively. So, you know, there's not a lot of crossover. You can play the game however you want to, but you can't play everything you want to. Um, There's a lot of feel-bads in the game, and especially in older formats... The feel-bads tend to be really powerful. Yeah, like so, I said, you can win on turn one. There's a couple things like Storm and Dredge. Um, I've got a card in my deck called Hem to Tarak, which is it, you cast it on turn two and that they get rid of two of their cards randomly, and if that was the lands they needed to keep playing the game, I'm sorry, it sucks to be you, and you don't do anything for the rest of the game.
0: Or you know they're a blue player, and you get rid of their ability to dig for more cards.
1: Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of feel bads, and also the game gets really expensive really fast if you uh, try to invest in the powerful stuff. Like to make a truly competitive standard deck, easy three five hundred bucks. You want to go to modern, you can drop a thousand dollars. You want to go into vintage or legacy? You can drop a thousand dollars on one card.
3: Damn, son.
1: Uh, if if Moxes you're playing, no joke. if you're playing competitive uh, vintage, you need one of each mocks and mocks and go for about three thousand dollars a piece, depending on which one it is. Mox Sapphire is the most expensive, and mocks Emerald or Pearl is the cheapest, and I think they go for about fifteen hundred. Um, ancestral Recall, you need one of that. It goes for, uh, I believe, about 4000 So, yeah. it It's not cheap.
0: Holly?
2: Um, my, mine is similar to the, you know, Austin's kill everything. Well, not kill everything, but make you not do things deck. Um,
1: All your dragons wandered into my dark alleys.
2: Yeah, I'm going to put that card through a shredder later tonight. Um, (laughs) yeah, there are cards that make you want to hurt people. There are some cards that feel like they are way too powerful. And I know some cards are banned from tournaments because they are way too powerful. Yep. But it just doesn't feel like a very even playing field. And I think that's the one thing
1: that bothers me. It's also what makes it so intimidating to new players. Yes. yes. Yeah. When I'm like, okay, you attack. I block with uh, this artifact creature. I then sacrifice the artifact trigger, creature. It goes to the graveyard. Okay, I've got two triggers on the stack to create service and a separate trigger on the stack where you have to make a choice whether or not to take damage or it go back to my hand. Then when it goes back to my hand, um, I've got a separate trigger because uh, you know I made this creature into... And- Etc. etc. etc.
2: Yeah, and like I mean even after you doing all that, my, my head is spinning. Like yes. I'm I'm intimidated just by that, and then you you know kill me and kill my hopes and dreams. Yeah. So Power, powerful magic is intimidating magic. Yeah. I think that's that's my big problem with the game.
0: Yeah. Uh, Katie? Yes. What do uh, you feel like about the game? oh um the fact
2: that your husband plays it. <laughs> no no the fact that he's gonna hold you hostage
3: no 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 none of none of that um actually along the same lines as holly was saying it, it's incredibly intimidating um and i was just actually upset earlier because i'm just like you know why we gotta start out with you know something that I have never played before? This isn't fair. it's gonna be three against one it's it's just an intimidating uh prospect you know when you know absolutely nothing about the game, but you know um so i don't like I don't like the intimidation factor and also like um, I believe Austin was saying you know there are people there are people with different levels of intention and there are people, you know, who are out to, you know, like Austin, like John, you know, and I'm sure many other people that have the decks that, you know, they're building to just absolutely smother people and destroy them and hold them, you know, um, uh, not captive, but like, to where you can't do anything. You're, you're, um, words not working uh paralyzed thank you um but um so i don't like the intimidation factor i don't like the fact that you know you could be going up against somebody that has a different purpose in playing
0: than you do um I'm basically,
3: because I'm a competitive person, but I'm like a fun competitive person. I'm not like a serious competitive person. And when John was talking about the taking 15-minute turns, I could absolutely not play against my husband. There are a myriad of reasons. (laughs) There are a myriad of reasons why I would never play against John. You know, because I love him, and I want our marriage to continue and live a long, happy life. Um, I understand that. But also, because it absolutely drives me nuts when people take way too long in 15 minutes on their turn. It's like, "Oh, I did this so I could do this and then I did this so that affects this and I attack this and you get this." Notice how much, you know, technical my, my terms are.
0: You know, uh, I wasn't I wasn't kidding on the 15 minutes part either. There are I know you're not. that can take I know fire off. I
3: I know you're not because I've seen you do it. <laughs> And that just, it's, A, it's a lot to keep up with. And B, it's just like, you know, getting like the, when you have the last Uno card before you can get Uno, you you get the draw. Somebody puts the draw four on you. It's just like uh. that level of betrayal. Thank you. It's that level of betrayal. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you absolute monster. You know, it's just like, you're just playing to win. You're not playing to have fun. You're playing to to win. And it's just like that. That just disturbs me slightly. Cause right. so I'm just like, let's just have fun. What's wrong with having fun?
1: Well,
3: in like, 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 have everybody's definition and have everybody's <laughs> definition of fun on the same page. You know, like my definition of fun is I punch you in the face and I set you on fire. End of turn.
0: Some some people like Austin's definition of fun is ruining all your hopes and dreams, and we just have to accept that.
1: Oh, well, then I'm. T- I like to win, and sometimes <laughs> if you can't do anything, I'm winning. I, you
3: know. But is that really winning, though? If, the, if if your opponent is paralyzed, is that really because that just seems like a cheat? That's the most name.
1: efficient way to win. Is
2: it really <laughs> that, winning if that's your a, wife that's wants a really, to that, leave you.
3: That's a really. But see, Austin, to me, that's a really lazy way of winning. <laughs> That's like the other, <laughs> like, that's like, that's like, you know, like, there's a, there's, oh, a, there's I, a. I
1: need, I need to set up some matches with some other competitive popper players I know and a, making 50 elves on turn three. There's
3: a there's a there's a, oh, yeah. there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, but like, you know, it's like, you know, your team shows up to play, like, your team shows up to play in, like, nobody, like, the one, like, the. You know, one goalkeeper showed up to play on the other team, and you play the game anyway. That's like to me. That's like that's massively unfair.
0: You know, <laughs> if you're just like you know, well, sucks to be you. Well, what we're saying is Austin. Austin would run against a person. Would 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 chop a person's legs off from underneath them to win a race?
1: Uh, um, I mean, if it's if there's a way that it's legal,
2: <laughs> would you do that to me? No. <laughs> Get that <to> someone else. <laughs>
3: <laughs> see, see your see your husband didn't hesitate. I have a feeling mine would.
1: John's not the spike I am. John's actually out to have fun in his own weird way. I just I like winning. <laughs> and
3: sometimes sometimes John's <laughs> way of having fun is, is 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 knocking the knees of the other guys so he can't run.
1: So in, in summary, magic constant Discussion to happen.
3: Anyways, magic breaks up marriages. <laughs> <He is>. Yes.
0: <laughs>
3: Anyways,
1: theme across the months. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Anyways.
0: <laughs> so, um, kind of, kind of on a similar vein, actually, but just slightly more broad. Uh, there's, there's a lot of things that I enjoy about magic, as, as i said previously. But um, that's not the question. One of the I, I I'm circling back around to it. Um, one of the things that that just drives me up a wall is the community, and not the community at large, not the community as a whole, but specific aspects of the competitive side of the community. Um, like Austin. Dip, dip, <laughs> no, there are worse than Austin.
3: I I know. Uh,
0: There are, I've been, I, I, I have gone to several tournaments and pre races in my time and almost (laughs) universally there have been, there's always at least one or two people that are there not to play, but to prove their superiority. Um, and I always seem to get matched up against that person. Uh, the person who sees you with your twenty dollar deck that you put together and scoffs because they spent three thousand dollars on their deck. Um or, you know, the person that pulled Mythic Rares in the limited tournament and, you know, seem, can't seem to comprehend the fact that you didn't pull all the cards you need to make the perfect deck.
1: Um, or or the person who draws all lands and it's your fault.
0: Yeah. Uh because alternatively they drew poorly. Yeah. The people that didn't build a good deck, and it's your fault they didn't build a good deck, or it's your fault that they didn't uh that they didn't, you know, their deck didn't come together, or you have really good luck for future ref. Um like there, there they're because it's a competitive thing, unfortunately, there is an aspect of the community that are just so competitive to the point of of hyper aggression and saying very foul things to people. Uh, it's not just the game itself that can be intimidating. It's the community
3: and, and in aspects. That's that's um, what a lot of the in, intimidation for me yeah. comes from, is I don't want to run up against those people.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately they exist. Fortunately, there are there are, and I, and I want to take this time to, to put this out there. There are organizations and groups of people that, that exist specifically to combat that sort of mentality. And one of them is la- the, ladies, ladies, uh, the Lady Planeswalker Society, um, which is an a organization of magic around the world, around the globe, uh, dedicated to teaching people how to play magic. It's called Lady Planeswalkers because it's run by, almost entirely by women. It is not, its however, origin,
1: its origin was yeah. the, the casual girlfriends of competitive gamers who wanted to. Yeah. Let's just play without our over competitive yeah. slash boyfriends. But and it's it evolved is, from there.
0: It is run mostly by women, but they accept everybody. And it's mostly an organization dedicated to uh, letting people play casual magic competitively rather than having to dump into the deep end of going to an M and. Getting shit on by somebody who has been playing the game for longer than you and has memorized all the interactions and doesn't see why you
1: didn't. And, um, and sometimes certain stores will have better groups than others too.
0: Yeah, it's worth. It's always worth noting that it. You know, you if you go to a, one particular store regularly and you can't stand the crowd, go to another one. You can. There are always other places you can go.
1: Go to uh, a smaller to, one.
0: Yeah, or make your own. Like not necessarily a store, but make your own safe space or uh, or community space where you can play Magic with people that don't want to deal with those kinds of people. Um, But yeah, that that's probably my biggest complaint about the about the game is the is aspect those aspects of the community that make it not actively not fun. Because even though I do like to do the fifteen minute combo deck things, I try to play decks that don't take away options from my opponents right uh because even because like my favorite kind of deck is a mill deck which is a a strategy that makes the opponent discard their library into their graveyard but even though i'm doing that you still draw cards and have options to play and quite often i leave myself open to assault from every other angle in doing so Uh, but i don't stop you from playing i just make you play faster
3: because your because your goal is for peep, other people to enjoy the game and want to play again. It's not yeah. to that's yeah. your that's your goal. And unfortunately, there are just people not only in the magic community but in every community. There are just their entire self worth is built upon that one specific thing. So yep. you know,
1: that's why I have right. multiple different decks depending on how competitive I need to be at the time. <laughs> and
0: all of them are way more competitive than they necessarily need to be. Probably. So yeah, so that's for me. Um, so yeah, that's like So i like, uh, let's talk about uh, price and marketing for a minute. Austin, you know this a little bit better because you play so much. Um, for, for for someone to play as often as you do, if they weren't as good at the game as you are, which legitimately Austin is very good at the game. Um, how much would would you say an average person playing as much as you do would have to pay to spend?
1: Uh, um, I I play a lot of the Magic online. And there's something called going infinite and in magic online. If you get good enough, you can make enough in prizes to continue playing playing for drafts. Um, I typically end up putting about five dollars in a month <laughs> to keep playing, if that I don't haven't actually had to pay any money out for the past couple months because I've gotten really good at almond cat. Um however, starting out a draft is twelve dollars. A sealed event is $24. Um, building a deck that you can take to an FNM is typically around $50, and standard rotates every couple of years, and you need to change out your cards. Um, so to play, like, a draft a week, if you're just starting out, you're typically only going to win one, maybe two packs. And, it, I mean... You typically only pull a couple – if you pull a couple bucks in cards, like rarity-wise, that's great. But you end up paying $12 for a draft that you've won $5 of prizes in. So it's costing you 7 bucks a draft. You do that twice a week. You're looking at 14 bucks a week. That adds up real quick.
0: Now, to be clear, the reason why drafts are $12 a draft is because you're paying for the packs that you yeah. are putting in. Uh, and a pack, of, a pack of magic cards took about 4 bucks. Yeah. So you're not, you're not getting shafted on the, on the uh, price end of it just for going to a draft. It's just that if you'd like to draft that often, it's going to cost you a lot.
1: Yeah. And, and draft prices vary. I actually know a place that does drafts for $10. Um, the prices are lower end because you're only paying $10 for the three packs. You're actually getting the packs cheaper than if you bought them off the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, results results may vary, but um, the, it, if you play it casually, it's probably about as much as an MMO subscription. If you play it a, a lot, until you get good enough to make good prizes, you end up investing more money than I think you realize you will.
0: Yeah, it's very easy to lose track of how much money you might put into this game. And, by design, to be fair, like, that's the intent. Um. Uh, you, you, it is reasonable, however, to spend 20, 50 bucks a month on, uh, on this game if you get into the hobby. It does tend to be a little bit more on the expensive side because in addition to getting, you know eventually the way it works is you buy your deck and you buy your cards uh, and then you have to buy singles to spruce up your standard deck. And you have to buy card sleeves. Uh, then you have to buy dice or counters to keep track of certain aspects of the game. And you have to buy. A, like, there's a lot of uh, accessories that you don't
1: quote unquote need, but
0: you have to buy a deck box. And I'm saying you have to. I'm saying that's the mentality, not not the necessity, but um, you do have to buy sleeves if you're playing professionally.
1: But. It, it it's not hard to drop a hundred bucks on your first FNM by accident, and yep. that's a lot of money to drop on your yep. first FNM that you're probably going to lose horribly at.
0: Yep. But uh, there are there are there are resources for managing your magic economy uh, that you can find. Uh, we've we've named a couple of podcasts previously. I'm sure there are even more that talk about sort of maintaining equilibrium monetarily.
1: There, there's an entire podcast dedicated to building decks for under twenty bucks. Yep, that and they've got decks in almost every format.
0: So yeah. Uh, it, it can be an expensive car. It can be an expensive game, but uh, if you find satisfaction in it, I, I personally think the expense can be worth it. Um, and like like Austin has, if you get good enough at it, you can reduce that cost. Um, so yeah, that's been Magic Together. Let's talk about our final opinions and review scores. Starting with Austin.
1: I can't not give this today because I constantly want to play it. Every it and I play day, it all yeah. the time. Um, I I just can't not give it an A. As many faults as I have with it, I love the game. I love the I I love playing it on every level. I love playing constructed. I love playing limited. I love playing casually. I love playing competitively. I love seeing like even when I'm playing as a deck that's just merciless and rips you apart. I love the intellectual exercise of okay, how can I engineer my deck? to stop this. How do I stop an Unstoppable Force? So, straight A. Yep. Holly?
2: Uh, I have to agree with Austin. Um, I can't not give this an A. Uh, Because I also, like, I've really gotten into it. I want to play it all the time. I love this game. Again, for all of the faults, for all of the crazy decks, and no matter how many times I get killed by Austin's deck, I mm-hmm. still want to, you know, crush him. So, right. so I have to give this an A. Katie, mm.
3: um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break since I am very much not familiar with it. I, I, I can't give it an A. Um, that's fair. I like it. Uh, I would play it again, though I would not be the person that's like the you know the the very excited puppy going let 's play let 's play let's play let's play um b i 'm gonna go with the b i'd like to play again i 'd like to i 'd like to learn more i know it's fine mm-hmm. uh, i like you know I'd like to learn more um but it's not going to be my first choice, probably.
0: Okay. So, to accurately sum up my feelings on Magic takes a little bit. And I'm not going to take all that time, but... Um, while You're not going to take 15 minutes? While I have certain issues with aspects of the community, uh, uh, the community as a whole is fantastic. Um, Magic and Wizards, the folks behind Magic, Wizards of Coast have had a massive impact on our culture as a whole Um, and they've had a massive impact on our cultural identity um, and on the cultural identity of many many people around the world. They have brought together people from all walks of life, all experiences, all backgrounds, in the common enjoyment of this world they've crafted and the system that they continue to improve upon and improve upon. They have run charity Mm -hmm. events. They have raised money for the sick, for the ill, for the old, for the young, for children's hospitals, for battered women's shelters, for uh, raising, for for helping with global hunger, for... innumerable a number of charities they have helped psychiatrists connect with children who otherwise couldn't be reached they have helped people deal with loss and trauma and all sorts of emotional baggage they have helped people with basic maths and with social stigmas and overcoming uh basic faults in their physiology and in their neurology and in (laughs) so many different ways this simple fucking card game has helped people around the world um and it has brought a lot of joy to my life it's brought a lot of joy to to many people's lives uh people who have it good and people who don't um as a phenomenon um i don't think i can classify magic the gathering um and, and I can't really grade it as anything else because it has had such a major impact, such a major visible impact on people that I know and care about. Um, I can't give it less than an A+. plus. If the scale went higher, I'd have to go higher. Um, because it is, it's not the best game in the world, but it is the game that has had the most demonstrable of an impact on the world as I've experienced it. And you can't really say more than that about a game. <laughs> so. <laughs> so th- I have to give it an A+. Are you getting paid by the word? No, I'm not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is one of our longest reviews.
2: Yeah, well, it's I awesome. do recall someone saying it was going to be very short. Well, I had hoped it would be. I don't think I it would be that long, I knew
3: okay. I knew it wasn't going to be short. I knew it wasn't. Gonna well, be
2: we'll short. see when hey, it comes out in the edit. Magic. I'm- For we'll the
0: see. record, we'll, we'll see when it comes out in the edit. But uh but yeah. So yeah, that's Magic the Gathering. Uh, and that is what we compare <laughs> card games against, and it's a pretty hefty mountain to be compared against. <laughs>
1: Um, which is why we typically say it's like Magic the Gathering or it wants to be Magic the Gathering
0: Yeah, everything wants to be magic everything wants to be magic eh. everything uh, so yeah this has been Magic the Gathering and we've been Final Show Films we pierce a wide variety of content every day of the week you can check us out our website at financialfilms.com. You also check us out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash uh, FS you can help support us uh, financially there if you'd like. Uh, we appreciate all of our patrons, especially our twenty five four dollar tier supporters, Chris Comfort and Tonic, without who we won't be able to get quite as much of the stuff that we get already. Um, thanks to that, thanks to all of our patrons, we have uh, gotten to our $100 a month tier uh, goal on Patreon, which is having all of our podcasts separated out into their own individual feeds. For that, for which we thank you. Um, our next goal is $500 a month. It's going to get us a secondary audio editor, Jack. If you listen to other podcasts, a lovely, a lovely human being. Um, when we hit $500 a month, he's going to come on uh, full time as our secondary audio editor for me to help me keep these podcasts con- under control. Uh, so, if you like Jack, at the very least. Oh, some bucks our way that uh, our way. that way. Um, we also like the folks over at 411media.com. 411media.com uh, is a geek culture website that you can go to for articles and opinion pieces on all things geek-related. Wrestling, MMA, uh, music, entertainment, movies, and gaming, including all of our podcasts. So check them out. We appreciate them. We appreciate all of you. And we'll see you all next time. Say goodbye, everybody. Adios. Goodbye.